we've gotten away from keywords basically 10 years ago because it used to be that there'd be things like LSI, you know, latent semantic indexing. So a particular keyword like car would have synonyms, you know, with automobile or, you know, stemming. So car and cars and driving and other sorts of related terms. But Google's gone so far with understanding intent that it almost doesn't even matter that much what keywords you actually use, which sounds weird. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the President of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you'd be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Dennis Yu and Jacob Hastings, who need no introduction. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that, but I'm too excited yeah. to get into SEO and what the heck is happening right now and what might happen in the near future in regards to all SEO practices and, and the value of the marketing method itself. So let's go. What's happening? Well, a lot of people are saying that SEO is dead because of all these AI tools that generate content. And some people are saying that because we can auto-generate unbelievably good content, that there's no need for SEO people or that the robots are just going to take over with all this fake auto-generated content or that Google can't tell what's fake or not, or the local map results will be taken over in a worse way than locksmith spam that we saw 15 years ago. Mm. None of those views are true. And I want everyone who's a digital marketing agency or a client to understand what does AI really mean for SEO? And the bigger topic, if you have an SEO agency, how do you audit them and see whether they're actually doing what they say they're going to do? Because there's a lot of hocus pocus. And I'd love to show today through real examples, through techniques that you can apply to see, is your SEO actually doing anything or not? Regardless of what the vendor says. Excellent. Well, that's uh, those are some big bold statements right there. So let's just <laughs> uh, let's go. What was the first one you mentioned? Because I think the the AI content generation. I think that's mm -hmm. the one I'm personally yeah. closest to, where I'm like, yeah, everybody can make the same content, uh, but it's not going to be their content or original content or uh, perhaps optimized content. So how, how are you kind of like, what's your argument point for AI is going to be the only thing that generates content? So 25 years ago, I was on the search engine side as a search engine engineer. And my job was to protect the search engines from all the people using all the different tools. And over the years, the tools have changed. They've gotten more sophisticated, but they're still tools. Even Danny Sullivan, who went to the dark side and now works at Google, has said the same thing. You may have seen that Google made a change from their quality guidelines from EAT to EEAT. Hmm. And why is that important? Because it used to be, well, that the extra E is looking for experience. Hmm. It used to be expertise, authority, and trust. They added an extra E. Why is that? Because the AI doesn't have your stories. The AI doesn't have pictures of you and I, Mark, eating tacos in Austin and hanging out, you know, whatever eating steak or doing different things at digital marketer headquarters, those kinds of real stories, because the AI is not human, is how Google's able to determine whether it's content that deserves a rank or whether it's content that was created for the search engines. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually very easy. You may have heard of the difference. In fact, I'll just show some examples here. Let me share my screen about the difference between synthetic content versus real content. So I'm going to show you a couple different things. Mm. And for those of us who are who are not watching or you're just listening to the podcast, you'll just have to go along with me. So I'm looking inside my photos that are from my iPhone, and I'm picking everything that's tagged as Daryl Isaacs, who's my buddy. He's a personal injury attorney. And you can see that he and I were in Miami a couple of weeks ago. We were, you know, in Las Vegas. We're driving around. We're swimming in the pool. He's got an amazing jacuzzi. So you can see there's all these different things that we're doing. We're in Atlanta at a conference. We're with his son. We're eating at the Hard Rock Cafe. These are all particular stories. Here we are in Louisville, Kentucky. And this is with Dr. Karen Freeberg, who is the number one social media professor who teaches all the other social media professors. Here's Nick Stover. So you can see that like this is taken on an Apple iPhone 13. We can show exactly where it's been taken. There's all this information. And this is what Google's looking for is the signature of trust. When I take these stories, and let's say Daryl tells a story here. I'll just pick, or pick one of these, Mark. Let's go to the third one. 
Fourth one. There you go. This one? All right. Here, I'll yeah. just play this one, and I'm going to show you how this actually turns into SEO. Why is there no sound coming off of this? Yeah, oh, I know. It's weird. Because the, we were using microphones instead of on the laptop. But anyway, he's telling a story here about how he got started as a lawyer, or his very first case, or a friend, or his, his father who they passed away, but they've just celebrated the 30th anniversary of their law firm, or how he got a $10 million trucking accident. So he's telling stories from his life. These videos, they start, these stories started out as videos. They can then be turned into blog posts. Now I could take this and I could go to chat GPT and I could say, well, this is literally what I was doing a little earlier, you know, create some one minute videos for our, one of our attorneys, her name is Zoli that she's Spanish speaking Louisville and what questions can she answer? So what I'm going to do is I'm taking the actual stories and I'm having chat GPT enhance this. This happens to be in Spanish, but it can be whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So if you start with your actual content, chat GPT, like any tool or any technology is an amplifier of what you already have. If you start from nothing, you, you know, nothing times a million is still nothing. So if you start with a seed of customers that love you, you start with a seed of some knowledge, start with a seed of, stories and, and friendships that we have like jake and i we were, we were at the apple store yesterday and he got an apple watch ultra hold up your hand to show that yeah. and we're talking about how he's measuring his sleep now that he wasn't tracking that before so jacob could write a blog post about write a blog post about how the apple watch helps me track my sleep better okay and now i can mix in pictures and videos and whatnot to enhance the initial seed, the nugget mm. that I put in initially. That's where people are getting it wrong with AI. A lot of people are just thinking, I'm going to have AI auto-generate the whole thing. And that's where Google's going to catch you, right? So here, gotcha. Apple Watch, blah, 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 blah. Now I could say, tune it to reflect that Jacob is a professional bowler mm. in Dallas. And what's your highest score? You've, you've bowled 300. multiple 300 games, mm -hmm. right? Isn't that crazy? No, oh, but I like the prompt that tune it is a, I haven't seen that one before. That's neat. Or, but, or you can also say, what angles do you think I'm missing in this blog post that I need to mm. answer for other people that are professional bowlers that want to improve their sleep, right? That's awesome. Now, so you basically, now we're talking about bowling and how it relates to sleep, right? Well, I like how you, you do. You start with that actual thing that happened. And and it actually highlights the fact that we all generate way more content than we think yeah. we generate. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's kind of a constant process that we're doing. And all we have to do is, you know, do something with it. But something as casual as like you got a new watch could lead to awesome content that could connect with yeah. who know, well, bowlers specifically. Now yeah. you incorporate your customer avatar, you're all set to go. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a great way. It's reversing the uh, perspective of what people think AI is going to do. AI is just any tool, just like Bill Gates said, is a multiplier of what you already have. So it's what you put in the machine. You're going to get 10 times more of it. Any tool, it has nothing to do with AI. AI just happens to be a bigger multiplier than these other tools, but all the tools are the same. And the folks at Google have said the same thing. I'm going to show you another example. <clears throat> so my friend, Daryl, this is the website, wewin.com. He's a personal injury attorney. Oh. He's probably the most famous person in Kentucky. He's the hammer, right? He's known as the Kentucky hammer. Call the hammer. Were you injured? Call the hammer, right? You, you can imagine awesome. billboards, all that kind of Super Bowl ads. Now, if we look at it from an SEO standpoint, I'll use Ahrefs, which I think is better for auditing, even though I'm on the advisory board for SEMrush and you know, I'm friends with all these other guys. You can see that we rank on 10,000 keywords. Wow. And these keywords are, of course, the ones that you would think are related to truck accidents and dog bites and you know all of these things, right? This is what we rank on. but even though we rank on almost 10,000 terms, I'm gonna show you a couple of things. If you're a local, then you care a lot about location service pages, right? Because there's lots of different cities in Kentucky. So if I go here to Kentucky, Alexandria, Elizabethtown, Florence, I'll just go to Louisville, right? Well, actually choose the city here, doesn't matter. Uh, let's go Glasgow, Cal. Glasgow, where's that? That was right next to you. Oh, right. oh Georgetown. We oh, have Georgetown yeah, here in Texas. Yeah. That Georgetown. One. Okay, good Georgetown. Okay. I, I mean, there's many cities named Georgetown. All right. So Georgetown personal injury attorney. So if someone gets in a car accident in Georgetown, we want to get that case, right? Now, let's let's talk about it from an SEO's perspective of what's incorrect and correct. Now, with the location service page, you can see here these headings. And I know, you know, you used to build websites and all this Georgetown personal injury attorney and all over the place, Georgetown personal injury attorney There's a map of Georgetown. 
Georgetown this, Georgetown that. This is what's called a thin content page. Because if I look at any of the other cities, they all look the same, right? It's just swapping in Georgetown for the other city name in all the different cities that are in Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's what an SEO person is going to do because they're going to put all the headings to say Georgetown this and Georgetown that. But why is this strategy in the next, well, by the end of the year, why is a thin content page going to hurt people that are trying to do SEO? This still works, by the way. And this is what I'm, I'm showing you a real example of what you should not do. Why is this not good? Well, I think for uh, it's it's duplicate content, and I think a more sophisticated search engine is going to realize that would be my primary concern. Yeah. So if I'm doing SEO, then I'm going to look across. So he's got 60,000 customers that he's helped over the last 30 years. And some of them are like whatever the city is, there's a whole mix of them. I would take, I would look in the database and find how many people that we've helped in Georgetown. And I would get permission, like John from Georgetown you know, got a $20,000 settlement, you know, mm. uh, Mark, Mark from Georgetown had a dog bite and he had a $30,000 settlement, you know, whatever it might be. And I'd tell stories I'd, from my actual thing here, mm. I would actually pull up these different stories and sprinkle them in. Wow, Can an fantastic. SEO company do that? They won't do it. Is <laughs> They won't and they can't because they've got people that think they're, they're living in the tools and all that. And they're, they're trying to spin up this different kind of content, by putting this in an H1 that doesn't matter. It won't work anymore. So I can use chat GPT to say something like, what are the, I can literally, instead of saying, I'm just like, what are the considerations of um, getting in a car accident in Georgetown? And maybe it'll come back um, from a personal injury. Maybe it'll come back with like certain intersections that are dangerous or where the school is and all the kids are. It's going to tell me something about George, and I, I bet you this is like a tiny town, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is too generic. Okay, not generic advice, please. Oh, yeah, that's that's an awesome follow-up prompt too. Yeah, and you're only as good as the prompts. Yeah. Now, Kentucky state of statute of limitations. Oh, comparative fault. All right. Now they're saying things about Kentucky, in particular. I don't know anything about the law. Obviously, the laws are different by state, right? Oh, that's awesome. Where well, now then, you get much more unique content that's going to be uh, not so cut and paste and switch out one keyword phrase. And then now it's unique content. Now, my own about this will be a I, little. Look at this. So I'm now I'm saying where are the most traffic accidents happening in Louisville site statistics because you can ask it to reference the sources. Look at this. According, It's literally telling us how many accidents. Are, Bardstown Road. Yeah, that's where all these restaurants and hotels are. Look at this. Isn't this helpful in, in downtown helpful. Louisville to know that this is what's going on? And now for yeah. now, you have the unique story side, which will be yeah. unique to the individual client. Because my, my only concern with doing something like this, where it is unique content for the area and about like legal consequences for whatever situation happens. Uh-huh. But my fear would be that Google or, or some of the search engine, instead of sending people to say this piece of content that was primarily generate through AI, why wouldn't they just spin up their own page that contains all of this information and maybe also incorporates the user preferences of the person looking it up? Because it's not an informational query. People who are searching on this, the intent is I need help. I want a personal injury attorney to help me. Now, if it's an informational query, like a Wikipedia thing, or look, we can look at these keywords that we rank on and whether it's informational or whether it's like, look, We're ranking on all these glossary terms, like what is a reefer truck and how do I get a commercial driver's license? That's purely informational. But if it has a commercial intent, Google knows, right? Mark, Google knows whether it's commercial intent or whether it's just some informational query. So Ah. they want to send it to a provider and then we're going to be able to pay for that. In the same way that we're paying for LSA as part of our local ads, we're going to be able to pay to sponsor our answers or sponsor our videos or sponsor anything. The shape of search is changing to be around PAA, which is around themes, right? People also ask. So I could say- Oh, that's, a, that's actually really, yeah. Because I, I think that is the future of advertising where yeah, it's, uh, it's, they'll it's not spin just the up the answer. <laughs> it used to be the librarian, right? The, Google was the librarian that gave you this one piece of information, this one fact that you needed. And now that, you know, Bing has chat GPT integrated and all this. So I did a search, car accident, Austin, Texas. <clears throat> and there's all these other related sorts of things. I'll say car accident lawyer. I'm in a big personal injury kick if you can. 
tell. <laughs> so here's some ads. These, the, these Google guaranteed, ad, these are ads, right? These are ahead of the regular search results. Here's the regular typical three-pack search results. But you're going to see, what's something you'd search for, Mark? Uh, donut shops in uh, Georgetown, Kentucky. How about that? Did you see that? It literally, the first suggestion was Georgetown, Kentucky. Yeah, it's, these are type <laughs> search results. That's so weird. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy Peter Elahelke invented that at Yahoo. And then the folks at Google copied. Oh, I used to love that. Yahoo. That was my favorite by far. Yeah. I know. We invented all this technology and then the Google people stole it. Just like the analytics. You know, Google had no analytics. We built the analytics at Yahoo and then they stole our team. I didn't come over. I should have. But here's the donut places that are in Georgetown, Kentucky, just like you'd expect, three-pack map results. But then people also ask, you see this, Mark, the PAA? What mm. is the best-selling donut? What's the oldest donut shop? That's interesting. What's America's number one donut? I don't know. Do you know? What is the number one donut? I don't know. Not donut. I have no idea. What's the most popular donut franchise, which is not the same question. So Google is including one PAA block here, but as you go further, so I'm like, yeah, what is the best-selling donut? Well, there's all these other ones. And the more I, I go through this, the more it's starting to show me related searches to what I, what country eats the most donuts? Canadians, Tim Hortons, that's interesting. So if I own a donut shop, and I know that someone who's searching for donut shops in Georgetown, Kentucky is also searching for these other things, if I make blog posts about these related topics, I'm going to rank better on the head term that I'm trying to rank on especially if I make one minute videos answering this. What is the unhealthiest donut? That's probably something I'd want to put on the menu. Literally call mm. it the unhealthiest donut so people can come and order that. Just like the heart attack grill in Las Vegas, where if you're over 350 pounds, they let you eat for free. And then people get heart yeah, attack apple is there and creates marketing for them. <laughs> apple fritters are the unhealthiest Yeah, I knew donut. that. Okay. Interesting. Hey, that's a good one. I love that. Well, well, but I will say this, like this is this is a lot of information. And and I know this because I search this term in every single city I go to because I try to uh -huh. find the best donut shops wherever I go. Uh, and this is too much information. A lot of times I don't even trust the stuff that's at the top of the search because I know that it's sponsored and I yeah. don't want that. So do you think there's going to be an issue with people who, if I have a question, I could have it you know, customized piece of content generated for myself through whatever AI versus coming to a commercial yeah. solution where I don't even trust the search results. And I, I might be unique yeah. in that regards because I've, I come around, I used to love Yahoo. So my comparison to good search engines is Yahoo. And it used to yeah. give me really interesting stuff versus this, the search that you just showed me. I'm like, oh man, I have to read so much crap. And half of it has nothing to do with me just finding a donut shop like it's, it's kind of why I'm so excited about what's happening yeah. with AI is because of this search result specifically. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of taking advantage of that, because what, what I think is going to happen and what I think has been happening probably since around the early 2010s is search has actually decreased. And that's why you can't find real, and maybe, you know, yeah. are there search statistics that are accurate in terms of the amount of searches that people conduct over the last five years? Searches has gone have gone way up when you include voice search and the number of keywords that are being used net of mobile versus desktop has increased, surprisingly. Because people but, but are, where are the smarter stats? about how they search. Like I, I try to find them like in multiple places. And the only thing I get is that there were 19, you know, trillion searches a day in 2010 or 2012. I think that was one the last stat I could find. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's let's ask this AI. Are people searching more? You.com. Switched it to what are people searching for the most? Okay. Yeah. And I go to the chat. So there's a chat here. Oh, okay. So now you could prompt it with. Yeah. Yeah. Are people searching less nowadays? And, and really, it just comes from my personal habits because I know uh, that I search less than I used to, mainly because I get so many answers. I'm just like, yeah. man. And, and I don't want to be dropped into some Quora answer or a forum or an article or a, a video, or I get, look at images sometimes to find what I want. Like all of it has become so frustrating that I, I use chat GPT and I generate an answer that's, it yeah. might not be perfect, but it's better than me having to look through a thousand links. Well, chat GPT says, I'm using that pro version, says it's going up and it's quoting it. So you're, yeah. you're kind of a smart cookie. So you're not like the rest of people, but the, the world is increasing. 
and they're getting more sophisticated. Well, I think the world is. Yeah. I, I, I usually limit my stuff to the U.S., but it's, um, you know, for me, I'm just so jaded by it. And, and I think if you start to understand how Google actually, you know, works, you start to yeah. trust it even less. And then you're like, because a lot of people's <laughs> argument against AI is usually, well, it's biased. What if the AI is biased? And I always say, yeah, every person you've ever met is biased. So, you know, at least this is an average of all biases versus, you know, I click on the top 10 donut shops in Georgetown, Kentucky from Joe down the block who owns a donut shop. And of course, is going to put him on top of the list. But the bias should reflect your bias. So if if I look in Google Maps and you guys have probably seen this, I know Jacob doesn't like sushi. But let's say, you know, I'm looking for sushi. Not all sushi restaurants are the same. And when I look at these other ones, it'll say like, this is a, this one is one that you might like based on your preferences and the ratings that you've been providing. So it's actually personalizing to your interests over time. So over you want time. bias. Yeah, you, no, you want you bias because you want it to learn. And, and this is a change that Google made 10 years ago where no one realized it. But the fact that I'm logged in to Google shows me a different set of search results as if I'm not logged in. And the way to get around that is I take the search parameter here, this question, and I'll say PWS equals zero ampersand. And you know what that does? No. Personalized web search is off. So now I'm searching as if I'm not logged in and I'll get a different set of search results. A lot oh, of people, they fool themselves. They, they, well, you could log out and then have to log back in. Yeah. But a lot of people think that they're ranking better than they are because they're constantly searching for their name and they think they're ranking better. Well, that's because they've been clicking on their own results. So of course, Google's going to show them that. So they're not really doing as well as they think because they're searching through their own profile. And you'll often get mm. different. So if I do a search for best donut shops in Austin, you might get a different search on the same thing because I like Voodoo Donuts and maybe you like Krispy Kreme more. So mm. it's already personalized to you. So the question is, is not, is there bias? The question is, is the bias helpful? Well, and that that's where it comes down to. And why would you hide the fact that that's what's happening? You know, is it is it just a developer error where, oh, we could turn tell you to turn off your preferences and we'll show you everything versus what they did, which was make this hidden switch 10 some odd years ago, not tell anybody. And then I just learned that from you, who knows, uh, to put PWS after the specifics. I, I mean, it all feels manipulative to me. Is it? And, do, you, do you really think it's a secret? It's not like a conspiracy. It's not like Google's trying to trick you and not tell you about stuff. There's thousands of things that are happening behind the scenes that Google's not telling you about. You know, Jacob just got a new iPhone a few days ago. This is the iPhone 14 Pro Max. There's all kinds of stuff about the technology here that we don't know about that makes it a better experience, right? I don't think like Apple's trying to hide the technology. It's trying to make it transparent so we don't have to worry about that. And you think Google is the same? I mean, I used to think Google didn't do evil because I was, you know, we were all friends and we played Frisbee. We even had like a Google <laughs> Yahoo Frisbee showdown every week. They were actually faster than we were. Really? Yeah, I'll, I'll show you pictures. I can pull them up in my Google Photos and all that. But I, I think for the most part, the, the search engine wants to do the right thing for you. And this is not just philosophical because economically they have to. Because to have a good user experience, they didn't have, have to make to, more though. money. I mean, what, what percentage of the market does Google still own? Like 95 uh, of searches? Uh, 85, yeah, in that range in the US. Yeah. yeah. So technically they haven't had any reason to to facilitate anything you want they could do literally anything for the last decade at least and they'll still be on top so i think what's happening now is that there it's not going to be that way because one people are getting tired of it and two things like you just said are coming out and for people who are in the know like yeah people know that but people which is 99 of the population don't know that and they are assuming that they're getting all the answers and they haven't been getting all the answers. They've been getting a tailored set of answers, but they haven't been told that, which, you know, if it was disclosed, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'd be like, oh, turn off, show me everything. And instead it's like, nope, we're just going to show you the stuff that we think you need based on your area and what you've searched before. Now that's, which would be fine, except I don't need a hundred million, you know, 2.48 million answers about donuts in Georgetown, Kentucky. Yeah. How does that even happen? 2.5 yeah. million answers. That's a lot of donuts being eaten in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> there's not that many. There's not that many donuts 
in Kentucky right now, especially in Georgetown. I mean, it's it's nutty because it's kind of like I, I don't know for for me, you know, I, and I do have you know my own personal bias against Google, uh, but it's kind of like is your system broken? Like, has it? Have you progressed it so far that now I get 2.5 million results on something that should maybe generate, I don't know, 50 good results? Mm-hmm. I'm biased. I'm a little defensive because I came from the search engine side. So when I started doing search engine engineering, we had a directory that we were assembling by hand. <laughs> and now it's almost magical. So for me, I'm very impressed because of how far we've come. And I feel like we've done everything that we could to give users what they want to where they are just so entitled that they get mad about the slightest thing when it's magic when you consider what a search engine does. Like, okay, great. You're complaining about the search results, Mark. How do we improve it? Like literally tell me, like that's what we've done for 20 some years is how, I want to improve the search. Tell me what, what do we need to do? You, do you, you want to chat GPT that basically does the search for you and then collates the results? Or do you want to actually see the raw results? Some people, they don't want to have to sift the results. That's fine. Then there's just one. Well, I think the majority of people don't. Because if you look at up the top 10 search phrases on whatever, it's going to have nothing to do with anything sophisticated. It's going to be very basic searches that people want that don't require 100 million <laughs> answers, you know? So, and from a Google side, of people click on the first search result. That's the fact, right? A quarter of the clicks. And that's why the. Yeah. So, why are you whole, giving me 2.5 million? People will just click on this, this Frank's donut. I can guarantee you. This Frank's Donut one is getting way more clicks than all these other ones because it's the first result. And people don't even look on it. Look, they just click on the first result. That's how they are. They're mindless. You're right. No, no, I'm not saying they're mindless. I'm saying that, well, you know, because really what I want, like if I type this in donut shops in Georgetown, Kentucky, I'd want Uh, some kind of system ranking it. Like who comes up with this? This is this is why you don't see a lot of the, you know, directory sites that used to be popular being popular because- You don't trust them. It's like, oh, I paid the thing. And so I'm on the list. And then I registered the Google crap. So I'm on the list. doesn't have anything to do with the quality of it. Has it to do with even the reviews of it most of the time, which now people don't trust as much anymore either uh, because you don't know where those are generated. And there's so many apps that you could do to generate reviews. I mean, I I think what's what's been happening is data has been so manipulated and then spewed out, like you see with this 2.5 million answers that, I just don't care, you know, okay. it's, and I, and I'm somebody who has done this stuff forever and has optimized websites for keyword phrases. And what I'm yeah. finding is that this is, this is not a good result. Like if I could type it, this into something and have a custom piece of content made, I prefer that over a list of data. You know, it's, it's like your librarian uh, thing. Nobody wants to go to the library, right? I'll trust you somebody. You want the butler to give you one result? Like, you know what, Mark, for some stuff, results, I yeah. think that you would like this Donut Express more than all the other ones based on what you already like. No, I mean, really, it could probably spit out using the, the same methodology you you just showed using ChatGPT to generate answers. You could generate an awesome custom piece of content that's specific yeah. to me that will then give me my preferences. So if it's a really tailored solution, then it could say like, okay, well, we know you look up donut shops every single time you go to a city and we know you usually pick this type of donut shop. So I'm going to give you the answer that's associated with the thing that you already picked 50 times before. That's that's a customized piece of content. Google already does that. It doesn't. It doesn't do that at all. But but even if it does, maybe if maybe it does, and I don't know it because it doesn't tell me that it just gave me a biased answer instead of just giving me the answer to the question I asked. Mm -hmm. Like it's all of this stuff is just highlighting why I think the entire SEO situation is broken. And that's why people are so excited about things being generated, you know, not the same way and not being keyword driven. Because the problem with keyword driven is that requires the person creating the content to be honest about the content optimized for a specific keyword phrase because that's what they you know think needs to be generated and then yep. put it online whereas ai will take an average base based on a learning set and then give you an answer so it's not me pick is why you can't find good stock images like stock right. pictures if you go on any of those sites because what's happening is the photographer is deciding well i think this is a good description of the thing i took a picture of and the system doesn't know any better than to just mm-hmm. give you an answer based on that. So what yeah. you're getting is like independent bias on every single piece of content, yeah. which 
isn't good. You can't have keyword driven and get the best answers is my perspective. Well, they're just going to have to, Elon Musk's, you know, Neuralink is going to detect in your brain what your intent is and you'll never have to search because it already knows. You'll be prosecuted <laughs> for thought crimes, Mark. Mark. <laughs> what is it? Oh, that's not, that's not what I was trying to say at all. Uh, okay. So, so you think that we could keep on creating content based on keyword optimization and that the Googles and the Bings and everybody else is going to find the content and it's going to stay like that. We've gotten away from keywords basically 10 years ago because it used to be that there'd be things like LSI, you know, latent semantic indexing. So a particular keyword like car would have synonyms, you know, with automobile or, you know, stemming. So car and cars and driving and other sorts of related terms. But Google's gone so far with understanding intent that it almost doesn't even matter that much what keywords you actually use, which sounds weird. Because if you look at the search queries, and this is what I did for 20 years, I looked at people's search queries and the, like, how do you even respond to this person who's not even legibly, like there's typos in there and trying to figure out what they want. You saw, we just did some, we were doing some searching just now and the type ahead search results were actually accurately reflecting what we were doing. We're going to San Antonio tonight. And when I'm typing in pizza in San Antonio or hotels in San Antonio, it's already guessing what I want because of my past search history, because of what I like to do and whatnot. It's relying less and less on this idea of a keyword. I think keywords basically, to your point, don't mean anything. Okay. So then it's reading everybody's content and then deciding the content that should be yeah. optimal. But then why, do, why does like the, the lawyer that you showed, why does that still function so well? It's, uh, well, I was about to go a little further and show that it actually is not working as well as it used to. In the last year, especially since Google released their new guidelines, that strategy of thin content is a spammy technique. It, it yeah. has worked. I'm surprised that even... You know, it's still sort of working in 2023. I thought they would have killed that 10 years ago, but they haven't because the number of small businesses are so just idiotically incompetent that there's there, there's so little signal among small businesses that you can't ignore the because you just if it's terrible, like if you're if McDonald's is the only place in town, well then you're going to eat at McDonald's, right? So well, the that, that, wishes there was more content, wishes there's more competition, wishes there are more web pages on someone who's gotten in a car accident in Georgetown, but there's very few people talking about that. So do you think there's, well, in that sense, that still makes sense to do all that stuff because it, yeah. like, like you said, I, I know because I've developed the websites where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no competition in this area. Nobody mm -hmm. does, or there's like three, three companies maybe are doing some content. Yeah. So do you think that people could, since they're able to generate more content now, that that will improve the results? No, it's just going to, I think it's going to wash out because there's more people creating more spam, but the search engines are going to get smarter. And the, the whole point of SEO is, has been a voting mechanism. So before there was social media, the votes were based on webmasters linking to each other's websites. So it was all about buying links and creating links and guest blogging and, you know, whatever, directory, sidebar stuff. But now when I talk about Mark DeGrasse on, on Facebook, or I tag you on LinkedIn, that's a link too, even though it's a nofollow, even though it's technically, you know, dark web where it's not being seen as easily by Google because you have to log in to be able to see what's in the social networks. Things that are inside apps, that's also considered dark web kind of because it's not directly visible to a search engine, but those are all signals, voting signals. And when I was at Yahoo, 20, this just shows you how old I am. This is like 20 some years ago. Jeff Wiener was my boss. He was the head of search at Yahoo. And he said, the goal of Yahoo was the index, the entire world's information. He didn't say index all the web pages on the internet. He didn't say index all of the things that are electronically available. He said index every all the world's information, including what's in your grandma's head about her apple fritter recipe, right? That information that lives inside your head, how do you index that? There has to be a way to get that from your head into an electronic format. You know, it could be Brave New World, the Skynet, it could be blogging, it could be more people getting on Twitter, but there the bottleneck in search is not the AI being smart enough to sort through it. It's getting the stuff that's in your head into a format that can be seen. Hmm. Well, so let's talk about AI that that we know is effective, which is TikToks. Because I think yep. if, if you look at TikTok and you look at the amount of good content that you're fed, where I could go uh -huh. literally like two scrolls and I'll find something I want to watch. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's 
that's something that learned my preferences, learned what I liked, learned what I viewed, and then is now just giving me more of that. Yeah. Is that possible for a search engine to emulate? It, it will be soon, but it's going to take a couple of years for that to happen. Let me tell you why. So when you look at search, it's always been based on the data that people are searching on. And it's just like a collaborative filter on Amazon. So people buy this thing on Amazon. They also buy this. Listen to this song. You, you do that. People who search for this kind of thing also, it's a collaborative filter, right? The reverse Bayesian filter. And that's what the whole model's been built on. The whole linking mechanism on, you know, this voting mechanism, which is what SEO is, whether it's follow or do, you know, no follow links is based on voting. But then you move into social media and the voting is based on the intent of what people are clicking on. So if you go to TikTok and you watch, I love watching magic tricks, right? And you watch one, you start to see like 50 different magic tricks and they're not based on your friends. Like social media, like Facebook is based on what your friends are doing. So that limits what can be seen. But with TikTok, it doesn't, 99% of the content you see on TikTok is not from your friends. Someone you don't know, but it's that topic. And TikTok, because they weren't, encumbered by the idea of having to build a search index and build a, build a voting mechanism, which is what's really Google's index is a voting mechanism. They started doing things like facial recognition, which I know in the United States would probably be seen a little bit creepy, but I think I told you I was at Jake Paul's house and we were making some videos, just a, a nothing, just random video. And TikTok picked up that in the background, it was Jake Paul's house and it showed it to millions of people. I'm a nobody. I'd never made a video to, together with Jake Paul. Jake Paul wasn't even in that video. I was just, we were taking a break and I said, hey, cool, check out this boxing gym he has right here in the living room. Like this guy's so serious. He's got a boxing gym inside his house and, and all that. And I just made, I made a little TikTok on that and it went to millions of views. Why? Because of the image recognition that it was Jake Paul's house. So it started showing it to people that knew about Jake Paul and all these other people came in. I interviewed a friend of mine who's a new pilot at Legion. Right. And his name's Alex Brandt. And he's we, we went out to go eat some ramen noodles and he was not wearing his uniform. He was not in front of a plane. He was dressed just like Jacob. And we were at a stoplight in the Tesla. And I said, Alex, how much money does a pilot make? And I pointed the phone at his face and he said, well, you know, we only make money when the door is closed. So when there's a delay and you're waiting and all that, we're, mm. we're wanting to get off the ground just like you. And I make forty five dollars an hour or, you know, whatever the number is like, really, that's it. They pay you like shit. Dick, yeah, I know, but you have to move up the scales and some pilots, you know, some captains can make, you know, 300,000 a year and blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was really interesting. I put that on TikTok and TikTok noticed because of who's engaging, because of the nature of the content, that it was about pilots. And all of a sudden, hundreds of pilots were engaging on that. Oh, yeah, well, I work at United and I've been there for 20 years and all this stuff going back and forth. But he wasn't wearing his pilot uniform. He wasn't in front of a plane. We were just having a discussion because TikTok was looking at who's engaging and recognizing that he's, they can recognize his face. So they can recognize Jacob's face and know who's ja who Jacob's friends are and automatically infer intent. Instead of needing you, like on YouTube, you have to actually be engaging on that content for it to be able to make recommendations. And pretty soon, like I like watching like guitar videos, right? Like how to play guitar. That's going to show me more related guitar videos. But TikTok doesn't need to do that because it's already recognized your face. Wow. That, that's actually a really good distinction because YouTube do doesn't wonder... do facial recognition, right? Yeah. YouTube, well, not... YouTube only looks at engagement for ranking and lookalikes. It's a key difference. Well, it, YouTube's but not feed... looking at the topic of what you're talking about. It's not saying, well, it's Jacob that's playing the guitar. Well, I think that's why it, it, it must be the difference because if I look at my YouTube feed where I, I'll find some good, like, okay content on my YouTube feed, but I always find good content on my TikTok feed. And I'm on yeah. both of them. Mm -hmm. I'm actually probably on YouTube a lot more because I, I listen to all my music on YouTube. So it's like yeah. 12 hours a day of YouTube, but yeah. it's still, I'll click on one, uh, how to fix my porch step. And then all of a sudden I have like 500 videos about fixing your porch step. It's like, what? Yeah. I, I didn't do that because I'm interested in it. <laughs> I do that because I needed to fix my porch step. Uh, and maybe, well, and, and YouTube is Google. So maybe we're just seeing the same you know, it type is of behavior. the same algorithm. But let me ask you this. So uh, I know Bard was released and it was kind of yeah. a hundred billion dollar disaster. Uh, what is your perception of like, do you think Google could actually come up with an AI that people want use and trust more than chat GPT or anything else that comes out? So Wall Street dinging Bard 
was not fair because the same kinds of bugs and lack of protection existed on ChatGPT. It's all related to open AI when you when it goes back. And no one's really corrected the boundaries or really put any safety mechanisms in place. Like you've seen with ChatGPT, they've been able to turn it into Dan, which is a do-anything network and be able to simulate it being the devil and doing racist things. And you know, Microsoft got in trouble with this three or four years ago. You remember when they put the thing on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Google, when they released or demoed Bard, it wasn't even an open release. Yeah. So that they didn't allow us to play with it. So no one really knows, but my guess is that Google actually has a smarter AI than ChatGPT, but they're just not willing to release it. And mm. they're playing super close because they've seen what's happened with the PR disasters recently. You know, Robert Scoble ruined Google Glass by taking his glasses into the showers, you know, taking pictures with the Google Glass where it's got the camera on it. And so I think Google's super gun shy and they they're not really afraid. I mean, yes, they declared this red light, you know, whatever red alerts, you know, chatbots could potentially cause a problem. But all the people I know that are pros, we don't see this as we, we don't see chat as being a threat to search. Because the the nature of information reliability and being able to do a transaction is not the same thing as being able to just chat with somebody with chat with no I mean that that chat bot can't do anything because it's only chatting with you. I can say all kinds of stuff, but and even Elon Musk or you know Sam Altman. Sam Altman said that Chat GPT is a pretty terrible tool, and so, we're not even on version four yet. We're on three point five. True. So for the, I mean, just SEO in general, because I, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all we care about here at uh, Digital Marketer. Uh, what practices should people change in order to ensure that their content still gets found? And I mean, I'm hoping that people stop focusing on it so much because I've been saying this for years. I mean, good content yeah. is good content, whether it gets found or not. It's you worry about making good content. Uh, yeah. What would you recommend for the SEO agencies or a marketer who just has to split their time between SEO and email and social and blah, blah, blah? My recommendation is focus on what is a true signal. I'm always afraid of doing things that could be even slightly black hat, slightly get us banned, slightly get us in trouble. So I know that the cleanest signal that the search engines are looking for are things like real relationships that are exposed via video because we tagged ourselves because we can see the data from the iPhone, you know, micro data. And if you start with things like one minute videos and then turn those things into articles, if you interview your customers as part of operations and turn those into, you know, say thank you for the Google business profile reviews, honor your employees, do everything to generate real signals, then have a couple of VAs or your SEO agency turn that content into other kinds of derivative repurposed content. So then that mm-hmm. becomes tweets and YouTube videos and TikToks and blog posts and LinkedIn's and like all that other stuff. I really believe that the cleanest signal that the search engine is looking for is whether, because the search engines assume you are guilty until proven innocent. So I want to give them something that for sure says I'm legitimate. So if I'm with you in Austin, in that gas station or whatever, and we're recording video, that's a legitimate signal. I know Google is going to be able to pick up because they see that I'm there. It's on my phone. They know I'm there. They know that you and I are together. They can listen in on our microphones and determine we're in the same place. They, You know they can do that. They say they don't, but they do. And they absolutely do. And I would rather err on the side of giving them more information to show that I'm legitimate because I think the level of fraud is only going to increase massively because of these AI tools. Oh, that's true too. I mean, I think I already heard a, a fraud case of uh, people generating videos of people and sending it to their family members saying, yeah. send me money, I need help. And it's Yeah, and these are believable order. videos. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, the, the, the technology are now. Yeah, crazy with, with Descript and Synthesia and these other tools, I can create almost movie quality deep fakes on my laptop. Yeah. So in that sense, so basically, because I, I really like how we started where you basically said, like, take your personal stories to make your content yeah. unique and special to your brand. But is it risky to be providing Google with that level of information all the time, just a, from a one-to-one basis for your business on Google? I don't understand. Where's the risk? I mean, you're a business to be seen for people to buy your products and services. Why wouldn't you talk about it? Why wouldn't you start a podcast, which is just having a Zoom account and interviewing people or just having your cell phone and interviewing people and then having VAs repurpose that into all the other channels that now I believe I think AI is going to make it so that SEO and social media are now the same thing. 
Social mm. media is the way to collect the content. But then when you repurpose, meaning distribute across other channels, that creates the SEO. But social is just the way the content's initially harvested. It is not gotcha. the end of the thing. No, I like that. Well, and, and that's like where the SEO you're... people are in trouble. SEO people are still thinking it's about text. This site I was just showing you, this lawyer site, the previous SEO was charging the law firm $70,000 a month to write 200 fake articles. 200 of those auto-generated fake thin content articles. And this lawyer didn't know any better. Now he's very successful. So like, how would he know? Yeah, if it but works. He, if, yeah. yeah. And then you claim all this hocus pocus about how the algorithms are so complex and you know you wouldn't ever exactly. be able to understand and all this. <laughs> and I came and I said, bullshit. So two, first off, 200 auto-generated pages. All, I, I wouldn't even do it, but if I did, I would charge, you know, whatever, a few hundred dollars. Not seventy. Yeah, not seventy thousand a month. Yeah. Actually, I, I had I had to pass client because I developed his website, and then he hired the SEO firm, and I think it was like seven thousand. It was seven thousand a month, which I thought was yeah. still crazy, still a lot, you know. Yeah. So, in terms of the the business SEO side, do you think that that the SEO businesses should try to you know kind of pivot to content creation versus more? Well, SEO? you know, SEO is content and links. So on, on one side with content, you have this new birth of these short form video content repurposing Alex Hermosi sorts of businesses. I get that. Mostly like 20 year olds are doing that. And then on the linking side, you have the black hat links or buying links from, you know, Fat Joe or these other places that'll get you banned, by the way, right? These other private linking networks, PBNs and all this, or guest blogging, speaking, personal branding, which is the legitimate way of doing it. So you, you have both extremes and most business owners don't understand that those are the two ends of the spectrum. So they just mm -hmm. say like, well, I'm just, I'm going to buy SEO. Like I buy something on Amazon. You can't buy SEO. You can't buy a wife, right? You can't buy your relationships. You'll be exposed as a hooker if you do that. <laughs> That's a good way Sorry. to it. <laughs> I have a friend who's got an arranged marriage in 10 days in India. So, I mean, I guess that oh, was there you go. <laughs> Slightly different, slightly yeah. different than the, the other thing. Uh, well, this has been super enlightening. I think it's uh, with your level of experience, it's it's a really interesting perspective because uh, you know it has been our lives for you know twenty five years. I would say it's been driven by the same kind of methodology. There's been some you know tweaks to it, but for the most part, it's make content, optimize the content. Hopefully, it gets found. So I think you know it, with your you know kind of comment about just come out with more content to legitimize your brand make sure that the algorithm knows that you're an authority i, I think that's a good way to take well, i'll make it, it more not, specific not than that mark <laughs> instead of just people willy-nilly creating lots of content which is polluting the world with garbage create content with other people that are well known in your industry or well known in your, your neighborhood that's why the podcasting thing is taking off because it's co-created content and it's when you're, when Jacob and I are doing a podcast on how do you do personal branding, that's higher authority than me just going on and on trying to sell my stuff with some kind of sales pitch. So the co-created content, reaching out to other people who you meet at a conference, who are customers of yours, who are partners, all of us have these other people in our network that creates higher trust and authority. We are all now media channels. This is what blogging started as 20 years ago, but it was just writing words. Now it's, video like we have here. And this Zoom call is going to be turned into audio and all these other podcast kinds of formats. I believe everybody now has to have a podcast, whatever you want to call it. And even if they're not a podcaster, even if they're not trying to become famous and speak on stage and show their face everywhere, I believe for the purposes of businesses, younger adults under 30, they want to do business with a company that has missions and values and align with them. So any business owner by now has to be a, a public figure. People like if you're a business owner, you're the entrepreneur, you can't just hide anymore. And therefore, that means that that high authority co-created content, because you're the owner, people want to know who they're buying the thing from, like what values that person has, which, you know, whatever. Why should if I if I'm buying, you know, lumber at Home Depot, why do I need to know like what the founder cares about and what his missions are? But people care about that stuff. They really mm -hmm. do. I don't, but people care about that. So you have to do that. So the relationships build. The, the right kind of content, and that does your social media and SEO at the same time. That's what people need to know. Then, and only then, do you think about all these different tools, like a Descript or Rank Math or all this, like most people jump into all these, or, you know, Chat GPT, they jump into the tools without understanding, you know, it's the relationship and the strategy and these components first, then the tools. Yes. Well, and I think that, that I completely agree with that, especially the the part where, you know, the heads of the brand need to be visible, they need to be active, and they need to be 
you know, telling their story all the time because that's what people are actually going to attach to yeah. versus somebody came out with the cheaper doodad. So I'm going with that doodad. Yeah. Uh, you know, today people are completely different. Well, thank you so much, Dennis. Uh, you know, sorry for hampering on on Google. You know, sometimes <laughs> I just assess the situation. I don't take it personally. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's I'm, I'm so excited about everything coming out. And even if it is just a tool for people to use and search continues to be just as popular as it's ever been, I still think it'll be lead to to more and, and hopefully better content just because it's so much easier to make it. So where can people find out more about uh, you, what you do, and, um, you know, hear more of your perspective on on what's coming? They can Google me. <laughs> I knew when I was at Yahoo and people on and other engineers on my team were saying, just Google it. I said, what company do you work at? <laughs> Yahoo you can Google me, reach out to me on LinkedIn, any other channel. You know, I'm on all the different channels. Jacob's on all the different channels. Love to chat with everyone about their SEO needs or do an SEO audit, which is always a lot of fun. Yes, definitely. And we'll have to have you back on and we will uh, talk about that audit because that is super interesting and there's a million different ways to do it. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarket.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketing. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.